Bepers. Bepers. Bepers, please. Bepers. All right, Scott. What are we going to talk about today? What do you got for us today, Scott? Well, um, we talked a little bit last week about that study by the Institute of Medicine. Um, the study title was uh, specifically uh, Research to Reduce the Threat of Firearms-Related Violence. And uh, we talked about some things that were in that report, and I did some more studying of said report. And while it's written in uh, science ease or politic ease, depends on uh, how you feel about it, another one of the stats that really jumped out at me was the um, – Let's see. Between the years of 2000 and 2010, uh, firearm-related suicides significantly outnumbered homicides for all age groups annually, accounting for 61% of more than 335, 600 people who died from firearm-related violence in the United States. So um, basically what that tells you, if you believe this report, which uh, I have no reason to doubt it as of yet, that uh, 130,884 people, people – were killed uh, by firearms as opposed to killed themselves with a firearm, right? And if you do the math, uh, which I did on a computer, I probably got it wrong. It's point zero zero four two percent of the population that have that were that were killed by guns. Point zero zero, and that includes total. That's uh, that's that's all suicide. And everything. No, no, that doesn't include suicide. That okay. means that means somebody else killed them as opposed to killed themselves. Okay. Now that also includes cops. Killing people that includes and that's per year legitimate defensive shooting. Yes, that is this uh, da, 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 annual. Yes, that's annual. That's an annual number. So yeah. So uh, what it comes down to is the antis. Uh, it's like the it's like the five hundred and forty seven people thing, right? The antis want to restrict our rights based on such a small portion of the population affected by these gun violence. And I just can't, uh, I, you know, I, I do always say uh, there's no logic in, in gun control uh, advocates. But once again, I want to point to this. This is a government study. This is actually telling us, you know, that uh, there's a small portion of the population affected by this. Does our president and vice president have access to this study that they're you the have one, access they're to? They're the ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're the ones who uh, the, the administration – was the the key in uh, I guess mandating this? So study. this wasn't leaked. No, some no, this is on their website secret, now. Uh, you can, government you, source. You can go to the Institute of Medicine's website, right, and get the PDF that I'm holding in my hot little hand right now. Hmm. So uh, another thing that jumped out at me while we're on the subject of this uh, this excellent report. Um, almost all national survey estimates indicate the defensive gun use by victims are at least as common as offensive uses by criminals, with estimates of annual uses ranging from about 500,000 to more than 3 million per year. So breaking that down, it says that firearms are used as often as defensively, defensively as, as offensively. offensively criminally. So in other words, it's a wash. At the very, very worst, you know, you know, coming from a gun grabber's gu- well, I've always, viewpoint. I've always heard though that they're used, but you all, they're they're used more often in defense than as you know from an aggressor. But I guess well, they probably are. But they're, even they're taking if you're in wrong, non-reports, yeah, you know, they you have to take that into consideration. Well, there's too. yeah, they, you have to remember, and this study goes on to say that that there's no real number. There's no real beneficial effects 
that they can prove with the numbers because uh, basically the study says because we don't keep a national firearms registry and track the data, which is that's not going to happen. We're not going to have – we know what happens. Registration leads to confiscation. Everybody knows that. It's a historical fact. So you know, we're not going to have that here. It's illegal to have it. Um, and, and the study even says that. We're not going to have it. It's illegal to have it. We can't have it. But if we want to study this phenomenon, we have to have it. So the study basically, you know, calls for firearms registration. Um, so in that in that manner, it's it's a negative study. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it talks about the defensive gun use, and we talked about. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it here, but uh, you know, antis like to tout the Kellerman study, I believe, that said that uh, you're four times as likely to be hurt if you own a gun in the house or you're 10 times more likely to be shot with your own gun than to shoot an intruder or something to that effect. I don't know if you've heard those stats before. I'm not sure where that would come from. Yeah. Um, I do believe it was a Kellerman study. And then, you know, um, I also saw where this report uh, quoted Kellerman also. So, you know, I, I don't know. To me, this report tells you what we knew, what we've known all along. The firearms are used far more defensively than offensively. They're so they're they're more of a a plus on society as opposed to a negative. And on top of that, uh, it shows that the crime rate, uh, gun violence occurs where crime occurs. Crime occurs in urban, you know, sprawl. Well, not urban sprawl, but um, <laughs> um, urban. Concentrations. That's right. Yeah. Not sprawl. The other way. Urban sprawl. Yeah, I guess it could be yeah, urban sprawl. Be. I never heard it called urban sprawl. Yeah. There's suburban sprawl. Anywho, uh, higher population areas have. <laughs> I was just trying to interject something. I wanted to. I mean, <laughs> no, we appreciate. Everyone's got six sense. minutes of listening to you so far. So, what, are you actually just going to count off how long I've talked? No, I'm glad. I I'm thought glad. that was the point of the podcast to listen to me talk. Oh. <laughs> No, not so no, much. No, by all means. How's your water? It's delicious. So it's cool uh, and refreshing, and it's in a gun show podcast stickered to glass. Stickered exactly. Uh, so we're recording this though the day before uh, something. Like, yeah, I feel like it's an important date. Uh, I believe it's uh, Taiwanese Independence Day. Maybe or Taiwanese. June American live fourth, the fourth of July. Yes, which is a holiday that we celebrate every year, right around the fourth, with fireworks and explosions. Yes, I read a post today on Facebook. Uh, if anyone hasn't heard of that, you can go to facebook.com/slash gunshow podcast and like us. Uh, but I found a post where someone said, uh, "Time for America's favorite holiday uh, guessing game." On July fourth, you will be guessing whether it's fireworks or gunfire. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and actually, I've talked to plenty of cops, and on July 4th, uh, right right around uh, midnight, and as, as well as New Year's, right around midnight, a lot of cops kind of pull in underneath bridges and park because there's Watch a lot of falling bullets. There's a lot of gunfire that goes up into the air. Now, here, I always thought that was a, uh, uh, being a, a white middle class person that I am. I always thought that was a not a white middle class person thing, but is it that prevalent where you know everybody's doing it? Everybody shooting their guns up into the air? I don't know. I know a white middle class man who a few years back, I don't remember if it was the Fourth of July or New Year's, but he actually got around through the back of his car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. came yeah. down. 
and yeah, uh, bust it out the window and land it in his trunk. So it's ridiculously stupid to fire your gun up in the air because you don't know where the bullet's going to land. It could land on a kid or, you know, somebody's pretty Honda. And it's ridiculously stupid to, you know, shoot your gun anyways without a backstop and following the four rules. Yeah, but, I mean, firing it into the air, they, they proved that just dropping a bullet straight down yeah, if you is non-lethal. Yeah, you somehow fire it perfectly but you can't. perpendicular to the surface so of the earth, but I can't. So having that slight angle to it, it ca- actually causes the round to yeah. stay lethal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So firing a gun in the air, dangerous, don't do it. Tell all your friends not to do it. Please, uh, if you know somebody that does it, uh, tell them to knock it off. Uh, they'll give a bad name to the gun owners, and uh, and they could kill somebody they don't want to kill. Which would be bad. Yes. Uh, pretty bad, I, I, I would so, say. So, yeah. So stick to fireworks if they're legal in your area. Stick to, uh, stick to noisemakers. I drove blanks. past a, uh, a stand blanks that said... I should blame. No, not inside city limits, Well, period. that would be illegal, right. right. Okay. Same thing as fireworks. Um, well, I drove past a stand the other day, and it said, buy one, get 11 free. Yeah, that's that's the marketing. It gimmick. sounded it was so enticing. They just raised the price by eleven. Oh, it does sound enticing. I want to check that out. <laughs> that sounds like a super deal. But in reality, we know they've rose, rose. Wow, <sighs> they've raised the price ten times and say so. You buy one, get eleven. Free. Yeah, I, lo- I I knew a guy that sold fireworks, and he said the cost on those and the markup is you know sometimes you know fifteen hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like ammo. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Speaking of studies, that's a horrible segue. Nice. Yes. Uh, happy Fourth of July, According everybody. to the NSSF, happy Independence Day. Yeah, we celebrate our independence from the Great Britain. From the Great Britain? From the Great Britain. Yes. Well, where Great Britain used to be. <laughs> we celebrate our independence from them. Uh, but as I was saying, the National Shooting Sports Foundation uh, – has an article about, uh, and the article title is, U.S. Justice Department Agrees Smart Guns Don't Exist. I don't know if we wax poetic about the uh, the fallacies of this, the idea of a smart gun. And what a smart gun is, is the, um, I guess the gun grabbers watching too much TV have decided that uh, there's a magic gun. I just saw that on a movie, didn't I? There's a magic gun Judge that Dredd, only I think, shoot. Has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that one takes a sample of your DNA when you shoot it. But anybody can oh, shoot it, okay. but it takes a sample of your DNA. But what what they've decided is that out there somewhere in mag- Magic Land uh, is a gun that can be somehow keyed to only shoot with its authorized, you know, operator. I've seen those before okay. online. Yeah? They're located there. It's the same website you can buy a unicorn from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Skyfall, the <laughs> the Bond flick, didn't they? Didn't um, Walter do that? I think yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen that, uh, I hope not to ruin it for you. Um, but what, what this is is well, you wear anything, some sort of magic just, you, ring. You, you prep them so they won't Ooh. be so angry as you yeah. were. You know, like when you went in and saw it. Oh, I was so disappointed in that. I, and well, they they did preface it, so Sky it's not a flyer killer. Fall. Anyway, okay, Adele. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, there's there, the technology doesn't exist. There's nothing out there where you can design a smart gun that will be as reliable as a normal firearm, which themselves are not infallible, where you can have a gun that will work only for an authorized user. There are gimmicks, there are doohickeys and doodads that don't really work well, but there's no there's no smart gun technology. Yeah, imagine out if there. you're trying to defend your home. 
what kind of lawsuits these gun companies would be dealing with. And we've talked about instances. You know, it didn't work. It didn't yeah, work. Or, or we've talked about instances on this podcast where, you know, the mother was – there was some home invasion and the little kid took the parent's gun and hid in the closet. Right. Or what have you. And well, by would, the time this what? technology is actually around, yeah. they're going to be able to take arms – or grow arms, and what are you going to have a sample of every? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's like the it's like all the bad movies where they they, they steal the eyeball, right? And they, right, and they use it on the retina scanner. Minority Report, much? I just saw that. What did what did they do that on Avengers? Yeah, they did that on Avengers. Oh, did they? Yeah. So you're just ruining movies for everyone left yeah. and right. Yeah, don't see that either. Yeah. No, no, I like that one. That was fun. My kid liked that one. It was good stuff. Uh, so. Um, Smart guns out. Uh, NSSF says the U.S. Justice Department agrees. No such thing. So can we quit talking about it now? I think please uh, that and um, what is it where you have a head micro stamping? Micro stamping. Yeah, is. that's another ridiculous. So, so explain what micro stamping is to anyone that may not know. All right, another thing that the gun grabbers have latched on to is the idea that each cartridge case from a fired gun will be permanently somehow stamped uh, with some sort of identifying marks, usually a serial number, that will let you immediately, if a cop finds it at a crime scene, they can trace the fired uh, rounds cartridge casing to the owner of the gun, basically, somehow through a system of gun registration, of course. Right. Okay. Um, well, they've done this. Uh, without the micro-stamping, but they've done this. The city, yeah, they took what, just firing pins and the no, unique no, characteristics no. Yeah, of that. They, yeah, yeah. There's there's something called tool marking. Uh, there's a whole you know forensic science behind it. But what they do is they take they take a fired cartridge. They they put it on a shelf, and if they find another one, they can compare it to it. And if two match, they can conclusively prove that it comes from that gun. Okay, so they can already do this without the numbers, you know, without putting a number in a database. Okay, you know, you've probably seen stuff like this on CSI where they match the bullets, lands, and grooves, and things like that. Because we all know that that's you know CSI yeah, is no, real. No, well, the lands and grooves not so much. But uh, from what I'm told uh, from professionals in the field, the cases, the fired cases, are a pretty good identifier if you can get. You know, the offending firearm and compare it to a fired case found on the scene. Uh, Providing that no alterations have been made to that. Now that's the big you thing, know, I, right? They've proven that you just hit it with a file. Even um, something as, as delicate as like a emery board yeah. can, can completely change the characteristics oh, of this yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. imprint. That's why, you know, micro-stamping is ridiculous. It's expensive. Uh, it doesn't work. It's not going to prevent any crime. For a while now, I don't know how many years... More than one state has required a fired case be kept on file or filed with a local law enforcement or state law enforcement or what have you from every handgun sold. Sold in the country? So, sold in that state. It's a state oh. requirement. So right? if someone brings one in then – So New yeah, York I whatever. think does this. I want to say um, Massachusetts. Okay. So yeah. So if you buy a gun in Massachusetts, you have to take a fired case and file it somehow uh, with the system. And this has resulted in a database of fired cases. And uh, Perfect, right? Yeah, this is exactly what micro-stamping is, I mean, is, right? there yeah. it is. You've got and how all the many, evidence you need. How many crimes has it solved? How many? That many. None. None? None. Ten. It's a waste of taxpayers' Twelve. money. I'm going to keep guessing. Zero. Oh, zero, okay. None. Not a nine-ish, nine. No. 
You'd slap somebody's hand, huh? Exactly. Yeah. So what we've already done here is we've already tried this out. And, uh, of course, you know, maybe the answer is to throw more money at it, more taxpayer funds at it. No. No. The answer is stop. Just th- these things don't work. They don't the, solve the problems. Problem they just what, waste the taxpayer's money. What we've already talked about is that there are so many laws out there that are just not being enforced. That's the there true are problem. so many laws on the so many books already. We're all going to be felons by the time this podcast is over. You know what I mean? Right. I, I don't know why we need so many damn laws. Since 1938, we've had like 64,000 firearms laws on the books. Not one of them has prevented one act of gun violence. Not one. Prevented. None. How do you know that? How do I know that? I have to play devil's advocate on you, that. You no, set me no. up with that one. All right. So – so you can't show me where any one person, one crime, one statistic, one area has had a drop in gun violence because of getting gun laws. You can't show me where one murder has been prevented. Right, because if it doesn't happen, then you can't. Yeah, well, you can't prove a negative. It's just, yeah, it's kind of inconclusive numbers. Yes. Exactly. That's, that's but, where I was going with but it. Trying to get that out of here. statistically, you. you can't show me. Where gun violence has – or gun laws has caused gun violence to drop. You know, violence has been dropping overall and gun violence has been dropping as part of the violence – you know, the violent, overall violent crime drop rate. But, you know, places where there's the strictest gun, gun laws has the most gun violence. The Chicago's, the Detroit's, the New York's, you know – and the the Oakland's, the Los Angeles, you know, restrictive gun laws, and that's where the most gun deaths are. On the other hand, you have places like Houston and uh, New Orleans and Dallas, Fort Worth Metroplex, that have high rates of gun crime. But they have lax gun laws. So how do you compare the two? Well, it just happens to be where everybody is. <laughs> People are going to kill each other no matter if they have guns, knives, sticks, you know, choking, I think accounts for more deaths per year than gun violence. I mean, to worry about gun violence as a whole and to make laws against it where you need micro-stamping, you know, why aren't we micro-stamping, I don't know, uh, alcohol? Why aren't we putting tracers in alcohol can we, so we can see what you're drunk on when you beat your wife or you, yeah. you know, shoot your neighbor? Or beat yeah. your neighbor to death with a stick. Why are we? Why are we focused on this? It doesn't make any sense. We could take that, you know that that evil beer or evil alcohol off the market. I guess I am just so incensed because there is so much more we could be doing with the taxpayers' money, with the public's money, with our ideas on curbing violence. There's so many other things we could be focused on. Uh, one of the biggest things that I think is. You know, unwanted children. I think that's a huge thing. I think that's what, 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 where this violence, you know, the crime. I think that's where violence comes from. Violent crime comes from. I think all these statistics come from, you know, basically unwanted children. I mean, you're going to have a certain percentage of crime in any society. You're, you're saying, never going to have a person. that the society. unwanted children are the turn into the criminals. Turn into yeah, the criminals. Basically, okay. that's what I'm saying. The unwanted turn the turn into the criminals, or they turn into the victims of these criminals. So, you know. Why don't we as a society focus on that? I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a societologist. 
society somebody needs to check the tracers in your blood to see what kind of alcohol, <laughs> what kind of alcohol been i've been drinking no i'm not a sociologist i don't know but to me it seems like a vastly bigger problem than all the little stuff we're arguing about right well but, you know let's let's talk about some uh rights that you know we talked a little bit earlier today about a uh man's dog that was shot and killed oh uh, yeah the famous recently. video yeah um this man is walking back and forth, and he's recording a um, SWAT team and barricade thing. It turned yeah, out, yeah, something about the there was a armed robbery or armed assault, and uh, he had barricaded himself inside. And there's a man with a Rottweiler or Pitbull, yeah, dogs, you know, uh, walking, pacing back and forth, recording everyone. And he's arrived at the scene with his music cranked all the way up. Is it appears. Oh, his car. Yeah, yeah in his car. Um, and is now, you know, pacing back and forth and recording them. Well, as the officers begin to approach him, he immediately puts his dog in, inside the car. The windows are down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he walks over to the officers, just turns around, puts his hands behind his back. I'm going to go ahead and say this isn't his first rodeo. Uh, the cops, you know, uh, begin to um, handcuff him, and the dog becomes very agitated in the car right. and starts to jump out. Well, yeah. once the dog jumps out, he runs right over to the group of officers that are arresting the man, yeah. and um, one of the officers immediately draws his gun because the dog is right there on top of him. Right. So as he keeps he gets reaching, nervous, pulls yeah, his he gun. keeps reaching for the leash, and the dog is kind of being a little snippy, but kind of not. Yeah. Well. He finally reaches down, and it looks to me like the dog lashes out at okay. his arm. The dog I don't know it. if he got him or what, yeah. but the officer pulls the trigger. Shoots the dog. And then pulls the trigger three more times, and he shoots, shoots the, the dog. Shoots the dog a bunch. He shoots the dog four times. Well, there were four shots fired. Well, now let's, let's Allegedly, he shot the dog four times. From my eyes, and see if you agree with me. From my eyes, it doesn't look like this dog's, like, attacking him, like, lunging at him, like, trying to tear his throat out or tear his arm off even or do him any sort of, you know, damage. Okay. Maybe it was trying to bite him. I'll give you that. But I don't think it would have done any, like, you know, irreparable harm to the guy. But, Do you think? I I mean, you know, you can only see what you can see on the video. And you can't see the future and change what had happened to know what the dog yeah. would have oh, done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like I said, what I don't the, think What about was... the guy that got attacked by the beaver that he was recording and it happened to bite him in the femoral artery and he died? Well, hey, that's messing with a beaver. You're taking your life <laughs> into your own hands. I mean, this, it, so you just don't really know what's going to happen. And to yeah. me, it looked it looks kind of like he's got the gun drawn and as the dog, like, leaps up... You know, lurches towards him. He yeah. actually pulls the trigger. Oh, I don't know if he. I wonder if it was sympathetic response. Yeah, I don't know if he did it on purpose or he got scared and he just ended up doing it. But yeah. once he did it, he finalized it. Well, um, they realized he shot the poor dog. Now he had to put it down. Well, he didn't finish. <laughs> like he didn't put it down. He just put three yeah, more in its general direction. I don't know if he actually. Dogs are very difficult to kill, from my experience. And they're, from they're... Uh, Alan shirtless Alan's experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, we'll have to have him on just to have that little quick. You know, tell of that story about him trying to uh, finish off a dog that got hit by a car. Yeah, but yeah we'll, do- we'll we'll save that for him. Dogs aren't as easy to kill as you'd think. So, Scott, you what what do you feel that this man? I I, I kind of go I, from watching the video as a person. I don't know. I probably would have pulled the trigger too. Yeah, from watching the video, I've I seen what dogs don't can do. think. I don't think it was there yet. It was on the line. I'll give you that. It was close. But my judgment call says that he wasn't justified shooting the dog 
from what happened to the video, from what I saw, and from what I, from from just watching that video, um, you know, finding out that the, some background information that this guy is a known, you know, scumbag for lack of a better term, then maybe you know he won't, you know, own the city by the time yeah, he's they, done. Well, they but say my that first, the guy's got my uh, first uh, inclination from watching this. the video was. This guy is going to get a new house courtesy of the city. These, this city is going to buy him a new house because what this cop did to his dog. He's going to sue them and make lots of money. But you know, getting some more background information, maybe not so much. But like I said, I still – if the guy had been you know, anybody else and the dog had been anybody else's dog, just you know, what if, for whatever reason they were arresting him, this dog came up. I don't see it's uh, justified shooting, honestly. Well, when you see the dog actually leaps out of the car and begins to run over there, the entire crowd that has gathered on the corner um, yells, watch out. Well, yeah. I mean, the dog was definitely headed that way. But once it got there, it didn't appear... It goes back and forth. It's got got four people in front of it that it needs to to make a decision on what it's going to do. It was definitely going going to where it could be bad. But I don't think the line was crossed where the dog needed to be put down. That's just my opinion. And we weren't there, so we don't know what was going through. And it's hard to hear because the guy's music is blaring. And I only see from the one angle. Right. You You have the one, you know... And I, like I said, I wasn't there. I wasn't the cop. Well, I think I kind of want to – we have a short show today because we're going into the short holiday show? weekend. Holiday? Um, going to get drunk? But – no, not not I. Uh, oh. Oh. But okay. I've got – I was watching a video today and Scott, you know Scott? the Ithaca shotguns? Yes. Okay. What is special about an Ithaca shotgun when you hold the trigger down? If you're talking down? the Model 37, it's capable of what they call slam firing. Which would be when you hold the trigger down and yeah. you rack it. Once you once you move the slide, you know, back forward and, and move the bolt back into battery, the hammer drops and it fires off the cartridge that's in there. Whereas right. you know, your normal eight seventy or five hundred don't do that. You have to reset the trigger. I was watching a, a rather interesting video of a guy who was uh, talking yeah. about I saw that. his uh, Ithaca. And what he does is um mistakenly loads a round into it to show us that that's the only way to put a round well, into a, the shotgun. A little background. This guy's like <laughs> sitting in his bedroom. Of his parents' house, Yeah, probably. I was going to say, it looked like it was his mom's house. Because he looks, <laughs> he immediately checks behind him to see if anyone is coming. And he talks about this gun, and I didn't watch the whole thing. Somebody told me to just fast forward to the end there. But uh, he talks about this gun and how it's capable of slam firing. Well, he loads a round into the bottom of it yeah. to show that there's no uh, side ejection or yeah. anything. So that's kind of where he's just like, so this is the then only he, way to load it. Then I watched him run the slide. So he loads. And you and see I, the round. I see the shell you see flop the shell into the chamber in and watch him slide it home. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be as bad. As soon as he pulled that slide down and I saw that round go into the, I think he into the chamber, himself. I went, oh, no. That's what he said after that. No, he said something else that, uh, you know. Did if, they bleep it out? Yeah, no, oh. they didn't bleep it out of the, on the one I watched. But if we post it, you know, just be wary that there might be some cussing in it. Not safe for work audio. But if you want to see that uh, video, go to uh, facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast, and um, we'll have it posted up there um, by the time this airs. Yeah, oh, sounds good to me. I'll go there and check it out. No, wait, um, I've already seen it. You should go there and check it out. I've seen it. I've brought it up. Hey, and tell your friends about us because uh, that's the only advertisement we really do is word of mouth. And uh, so, you know, tell your friends about us. Get them to come to our Facebook and like us. Get them to subscribe to us on iTunes. If we sent you three or four stickers, you know, give one to your friend. Or better yet, stick one on your friend. 
No, don't do that. No. Stick one on your friend's house if they're in a busy street. Stick it in the center of their Ooh, windshield as long the, yeah. as it's not against the law and yeah. blocking, you know, the view. Stick it on the back of their car if you think they won't notice. Yeah, like a bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll fade out. I don't yeah, I was like, I have no <laughs> guarantee that these things are going to be weatherproof it'll at turn, all. But... It'll probably turn like, into a black square in a month. But, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, tell all your friends about it. Uh, the word of mouth is the only advertising we do so yeah. and we just want to make sure uh you know wish everyone a happy fourth of july and that everyone stays safe happy birthday america <laughs> and uh hopefully everyone comes back with all 10 fingers yeah let, don't do anything crazy out there like uh they always get in the military they always give us the pre you know long weekend briefings on the fourth of july and those sorts of holidays where they say all right uh, this is the this is the most likely chance you will drink and drive. Don't uh, don't drink and go boating. Evidently, that's a big one, um, and other things like that. Uh, so I want to because we own you. Well, yeah, basically they <laughs> they spend a lot of money on you. They don't want you to go break yourself. So yeah, I want to reiterate that to all our listeners uh, and be future safe listeners out there. that go back and listen to this. Yeah, and if you're listening to this now, hey, be safe anyways, even though it's not the Fourth of July. Well, I'm going to try to get this out so that it's out by the 4th of July. So well, while everyone's on the boat drinking, listen they can to it listen because to you're our partying podcast. all 4th of July next weekend, the weekend after the 4th of July. Hey, don't be crazy. If, you ha- if you're on your hangover drive into work on Friday. And practice firework safety. Don't do the stupid stuff that yeah. we all did when we were kids shooting bottle rockets at each other or and Roman when, candle wars. when you see somebody taking an M80 and they light it and they hold it in their hand and then finally throw it. Yeah don't, yeah, don't do that. Don't be that guy. I just used a slingshot. That way you don't could get way more distance with it. We took a Red Rider BB gun, and we could drop the black cats down the barrel and, yep. and just shoot a thing out, and it would blow it up in the sky like a mortar. Yeah. We'd love that. That's don't do cool. that. Don't do that. We don't that's recommend you doing that. Stupid. That is extremely stupid. Hey, that's <laughs> that's like firing 5.56 in a two two three chamber, right, Scott? <laughs> no. No, it's nothing like that.